0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry?
1: over-the-top cycling boulder colorado i'm your host george thomas on the line with sonia looney who has just returned from the wimbo 24-hour world mountain bike championships as the 2015 24-hour world champion congratulations sonia hey thanks a lot what a great accomplishment uh was this something you had been looking forward to all year
0: No. Um, I didn't even know that the world were in the U.S. this year until my friend Daniel Musto told me about it. Um, I was in Michigan, and I was supposed to be racing the Lumberjack 100 NUE race, and I had it in my mind that maybe I'd try to win the NUE series. Um, But I ended up breaking my arm two days before the race. I was doing a a group ride with just a local shop just to meet some people, and had a really silly crash and broke my arm. So it was after I broke my arm that I decided my summer is basically really messed up now. I can't do the races that I was originally scheduled to do, so now I really want to do something big. So I could do another stage race, and there's lots of awesome fall stage races, but I decided that I would do something a little bit different and try and uh, see if I could win the world championships.
1: What is it that made this a world championship course? Uh, what did you feel was really the the test?
0: The climbing was incredibly challenging about this course. And every single racer there that was well-seasoned with 24-hour racing, um, they said that the climbing was in, in really intense. And the reason why is because, like, I looked at the course profile online, and I said, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's like a three or four-mile climb with some steep grades. but it ended up being most of the climbing was in the one to one and a half miles. So you did about 1,400 feet of climbing in one to one and a half miles over a 13-mile course. So there was lots of people walking on the, on the dirt road to so steep, and I rode up that dirt road 18 times. So it definitely got to be a bit tiresome after a while.
1: Wow. <laughs> so what was the field like?
0: was women from all over the world at this race, and there was also some really great women from the U.S. that that signed up for this race. And uh, I did a little bit of research on my competition because you you kind of want to know who you're going to be racing for 24 hours. And there was the Adventure Racing World Champion was racing, signed up, and almost every single woman signed up had won either a hundred miler or a 24 hour race this year. So yeah, the field was going to be pretty uh, experienced and with with ultra-endurance racing, experience is really important because mentally you are at your limit as well as physically. So knowing that your competition knows how to deal with all the mental challenges makes them a much better competitor or a much stronger competitor.
1: Kind of walk us through the the event. Um, what was your strategy going into it? And then um, kind of, again, walk us through exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> I admittedly could have had a little bit better preparation going into the race. It was a challenge with the time of year that it was at because it was right after Interbike. So for me, I run my own program with my own sponsors. So Interbike's is an important time for me to be there meeting people and renegotiating all my contracts. So I got back from Interbike and basically had a week at home to do all my follow-up stuff and then leave for the race. So the week before, I was working like 10 to 12-hour days and not getting much sleep. And then I didn't really have a lot of time to to do some night riding and things. So I did two night rides to make sure that my lights worked and Light in Motion supplied me lights for the race and they were great. I wanted to make sure that I was able to use them. Um and then I got in my car and I drove to California. So I didn't I don't know, I, I don't really think that in the days and weeks leading up to the twenty four hour race that I really needed to be putting in big hours or big miles. But July was a big training month for me, In in August I did a 100-miler in Costa Rica called the Rincon de la Vieja, and I also raced the Park City point-to-point two weeks after that in September. So I felt like I had some really good fitness, and that I just was kind of coasting on that into the 24-hour race.
1: What's your biggest strength as a racer?
0: i think my biggest strength is my my mental state. Um, I have to admit that the first three laps of the race were the hardest for me. Um, I, I never would actually quit, but there are times, even though I was winning, I wanted to quit in my mind and I was just kind of having to push off those, those reasons why I wanted to quit. Um, and of course I wasn't going to, but that, that was just mentally hard for me to just say, oh, I'm going to have to be out here this long and, oh, I'm winning and I have so much to lose right now and there's so much more to go and now I'm, I'm really vulnerable because I'm in the lead. Um, But after the first three laps and I got settled in, I felt great. I didn't have any more negative thoughts at all. I I was actually having a blast, and riding at night was the most – the night laps were my favorite laps of the whole race. So I would say my strength through that race was the mental state, being able to be positive and have fun, and cheering for people all around me. Because you're doing laps. You end up lapping people multiple times. And being able to encourage people, made all of them, so – that was actually a really good energy boost for me, is, is cheering for people and kind of sharing that moment out, out there in the middle of the night on the trail. And also, um, being really steady in your pacing is so important for 24 hour racing. And I had talked to some of my friends coming into the race, like Nat Ross, who's a, in the a Mountain Bike Hall of Fame and a legend, and Rebecca Rush, who's six time world champion, and my friend Kim Hurst, who won world last year. And, you know, they all told me. Every single one of them said, just be steady. So that's actually easy for me because I'm not much of a turbo. I, I tend to race at a very steady pace, and that was a very key thing for this race. I was able to pick up maybe one to two minutes per lap. And a couple of laps, I got five minutes, but for the most part, I was just chipping away at my competition every lap, one to two minutes, which is a little bit unnerving for the first few laps um, until you open up a gap.
1: Did you expect to move into the lead that soon, and was that something you had wanted to do?
0: Uh, it is, actually. I, I was a bit surprised by the second-place girl, or, or she, she ended up third in the end, but the girl who was in second place at the time, her name was Christy Olson, and she won Pierce Hole this year. Um, normally when I race, I tend to just ride, try to ride for the win from the start. Like, not not riding crazy, but I enjoy leading the race from the start even though it's stressful because it pushes me to ride harder. If I'm hunting and I'm riding in second and third place, mentally it definitely plays games with you, and I, ha- I have raced like that before, but I prefer to be in the lead. So I started the race, and it was like a, a climb. It was a mass start, and I was riding a tad harder than I wanted to but not not ridiculous, and I got passed like I was standing still on the climb by Christy, and she was incredibly strong, and she just disappeared out of sight. And I thought to myself, wow, like, if she can ride like that for 24 hours, that's incredible. And and she deserves every bit of it. But I have to back off because there's absolutely no way that I'm going to be able to do that without blowing up. And I ended up catching her on the single track downhill. Fortunately, after moving to B.C., the, the downhills have become a, a major point of strength for me. So I was able to close that gap pretty easily on the downhill. And going in the lap, so I, I was in about 30 minutes in front of her when I came through. Uh, or 30 seconds in front of her, sorry, uh, when I came through the timing tent on lap one. So it looked like I was in the lead, but I had actually been in second place for most of the first lap until I passed her.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
2: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Then going into lap two, here she comes again, blowing right by me, steamrolling me on the climb. Um, and just disappears out of sight again up the climb. And I'm, I'm riding at a, hard, a good hard pace, so I knew that I couldn't climb with her if she was going to continue climbing that way. And sure enough, I saw her on the downhill again and was in front of her by about a minute now when I came through the start-finish on lap two. And now I'm going into lap three, and I'm waiting for her to come by me on the climb, and I never saw her. And then I never saw her again until I lapped her near the end of the race. And then she ended up passing or, or catching back up and blowing me away on the climb again. on like lap 15 or something of the race. Um, I don't, I really don't think she wanted to be laughed. And I also think that she thought maybe she had a chance to catch up to second place, but there's a lot that goes on in these 24 hour races and she rode incredibly strong on those climbs. I was so impressed.
1: What was your favorite part of the course? Uh,
0: I would have to say the downhill. <laughs> you,
1: sounds you, like it.
0: <laughs> you, you find her, you climb for three miles and then you have like a mile or two of kind of like twisty, flat slash downhill grade road into the wind. And then you get onto the single track and you have like a nine mile, mostly downhill. There's some flat sections and a few little short climbs, but I just had so much fun pushing myself on the descent. It was, there's like some, a lot of like side hill trails. So if you blew a corner, you'll go off the, off the side. So it was fun to kind of have that challenge. And just to see how well I could ride the downhill and, it was just
1: fun. How big was the field, and I'm sure men were on the course as well. What about teams?
0: Uh, this race was great. There was only solo people signed up, and I think the Wimbo uh, or, or you know Wimbo organization does that. So at World, there's only solo riders on the course um, because it's challenging when there's teams out there because people blow by you because they're doing you know every other lap or every fourth lap and it makes a lot more congestion on the course. So those, I'd say, just over 100 people on course at any given time. And um, I would say, aside from the pro categories and the men and women's race, the the 40, I think it was the 40 to 45 or the 45 to 49 age group was the most popular age group. But the, the person that I was most impressed with was this woman, and I can't remember her name, but she was in the 65 to 69 age group. And she did nine laps. She beat, like, most of the people within a 20-year 20, 20 age range or 10-year age range to her. I can't imagine being in my late 60s doing nine laps on that course. It was amazing.
1: Wow, that is fantastic. And you're out there racing at the same time. I mean, what a great opportunity for the sport to, to just bring everyone together, where you have people of your ability um, out there, and you're able to, to be competing against really – people from uh, just about every other division.
0: Yeah, and the great thing about Wembo, like I've raced raced Marathon World Championships for UCI, and I would like to go back again and uh, race the UCI Marathon Worlds because my career has come quite a long way since I raced it five years ago. Um, But with UCI Marathon Worlds or cross-country worlds, there's a limit. Um, The country has to select you, and there's only a certain amount of spots. So not everybody can just go race World Championships which I do understand the benefit of that. But the really cool thing about Wembo is anybody can sign up and anybody has a shot to race world championships. So if, if anybody wants to try to become the world champion, they can just sign up and do the race. And I think that's how it should be. Like, it would be hard with cross-country a marathon because there would be way too many people. Um, but I think it's great that with 24-hour racing, anybody can do it.
1: And how do you show, how do you represent, what is the jersey that you're awarded?
0: Uh, you get, so every year the jersey changes for the World Championship jersey. Like, I think last year it was blue with rainbow stripes, and this year it was white with rainbow stripes. Um, as an athlete, you can put the rainbow stripes on your, on your, you know, your sleeves or on your leg or whatever. So that's that's cool that I get to have rainbow stripes for the rest of my career. Yeah, that
1: is really, really nice and very well-deserved. Just curious, how is your arm doing?
0: completely fine in the race it's interesting so I was not asked to a bike at all for two weeks and then I got back on my mountain bike and I just rode gravel and pavement for another two weeks and I didn't race for another month after that I broke, an, I broke my wrist um, in 2012 uh, in BC actually and I decided that I and I was signed up to race the Leadville 100 and I raced the Leadville 100 with a cast on my wrist and it was extremely painful so I actually learned from that, and I tried to somewhat respect my arm this time when I broke it. Um, so it was fully healed before I did another race, and it gave me no grief at all in the 24-hour race. I did get um, numb fingers. I, I've never had, like, major numbness problems, and my on my left hand, my ring and pinky finger were numb. Like, today the numbness is just finally going away, and I was using Ergon Grip's um, I I rode for Ergon for quite a long time, and those grips were supposed to solve all my problems. And I'm really glad that I was using them because if I was using – I've been using foam grips most of the time. I use ESI or Supacaz foam grips now for the majority of my racing because I really enjoy um, being able to really move my wrists around on the technical stuff. But for the long races, I've still been using Ergon grips, and I can't imagine what my hands would have felt like had I tried using a foam grip, let alone, you know, an ergonomic grip for this, this race. But I think I got, I got away really well. Like my amazingly my butt and my crotch did not get sore at all, which you would think in a 24 hour race that you would have some major issues going on there. There was zero pain happening there, zero chafing, which I was, I was expecting not to be able to sit down and it was great. Like no problems. And I think it's because the intensity level is lower. Because when I finish a 100-miler, I have pain there. And after a 24-hour race, no, totally fine. And, like, people had vision problems in the race, and I, I was halfway anticipating I'm um, having some vision problems. And I even got some goggles from riders I wear because I've seen people wear goggles if they have uh, vision problems. But I had zero vision problems. I, I mean, I got away from that race without having hardly any issues, which is incredible for a 24-hour race.
1: And what's coming up next?
0: Uh, I'm pretty much done with my race, my mountain bike race season for the year. Uh, normally, I, I like doing the fall stage race, but I I didn't really want to do one in November. And I was actually supposed to be getting foot surgery uh, this fall, and that's why I originally had not signed up for any more races. Now that I live in Canada, the Canadian healthcare care system is a bit different than the U.S., and they put you on a waitlist, and they call you like a week or two before your surgery is, is supposed to happen. So I still haven't heard from them, and at a certain point, it's just going to be too late to do any type of surgery because I have a, a really big season next year. So I'll be doing some fun um, cycle cross races this, this fall, just kind of locally, and I'm also going to Michael David Winery to do a do one in California, and uh, gonna do some running, which I really love, and just some fall mountain bike riding, and then. This winter I'll do some fat biking and some training, and my race season starts again in January with the Trans Andes in and Chile.
1: Well, we look forward to talking with you uh, quite a bit throughout the season as well as your off-season. Sonia Looney from British Columbia, thanks very much for joining us on Over the Top Cycling.
0: Yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, and congratulations to everybody who was at the 24-hour World Championship.
1: Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.